Welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you with us. We hope this message will encourage and inspire you to walk out your God-given vision. Now here's today's message. I thank you that you give me ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive exactly what you have for me today. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I'm going to jump right in here. Jim Rohn had a very, uh, he had a great quote. He, he said this, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Let me say that again. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. You could say it this way, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And so here's what I want to talk about this morning is all of us need more faith. How many of you say, I need more faith? I need my faith to grow. You can probably trim some of the lows off of my mic if, if you know how. Um, so we all need our faith to grow. But there's an important part of growing faith, and this is what I felt to talk about today, and that's the power of association. Who you hang out with, who you spend your time around, what you spend your time with can cause your faith to grow. It can also cause your faith to be hindered. It can cause it to diminish, and it can cause fear to grow. Fear is the opposite of faith, right? Both of them work the same way because they'll both produce in your life. Faith will bring to you what you're believing God for. Fear will bring to you what you don't want to see happen in your life. And so God has called us to walk in faith, not in fear. We all have an opportunity with fear, but we're supposed to overcome fear with faith. Because we believe what God says, we're not moved by the circumstances. We're not moved by what we see. Because your eyes in the natural can, can, can psych you out. It can deceive you. But in the spirit realm, if you could see in the spirit realm right now, oh my word, man, you'd be going, oh God, man, you'd be walking taller. You'd be putting your shoulders back and going, man, God, I've got some confidence in you because I thank you that you are with me. I don't have to be afraid. I can walk in confidence. I can have security. I can have encouragement in, in your word, man, that it's flowing through me, that you're going to use me in, in amazing ways. I, I'm telling you, if we could see in the spirit realm, it would be amazing. We would have a lot more confidence, but also we would see things on the flip side. I began to see yesterday just in the spirit as I was spending time in prayer, and I began to see a, a, something that I didn't want to see, but I saw that it was something that was binding a person's life. And it was, it was trying to get control on them. And man, I began to pray for that person. God began to open my eyes to some things. And I'm telling you, in the spirit realm, there's things going on behind the scenes that we don't see in the natural. And so God needs us to come up in faith so that we can be bold, so that we can be courageous, so that we can speak to things that need spoken to, so that we can pray for things that need prayed for. Amen? Right? So... Let me get into this a little bit. So our life is impacted, though, the most by those who are closest to us. And so that's what I want to focus on today is the power of association. That means that you're choosing the right associations. You're choosing the right company so that your faith is not hindered. Romans 10, 17, I want to read it to you out of the CEV. That's the, that's the contemporary English version. Let's read what it says here. I'm going to have to turn around. No one can have faith without hearing the message of Christ. You know, in the New King James, it says that faith comes by hearing the word of God. So faith comes by hearing. It's what you're hearing. Fear can come the same way. 
on the flip side. So what are you opening yourself up to? What are you associating with? Because it will either build your faith or it will hinder your faith. So I want to read to you a portion of a poem. This is by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. Ella Wheeler Wilcox. Say it again. Say that fast three times. Um, Two kinds of people. And this is a portion of her poem. It says this. There are two kinds of people on the earth today. Just two kinds of people. No more, I say. Not the good and the bad, for tis well understood that the good are half bad and the, and the bad are half good. I'll have to address that in another message, okay? But let me keep rolling. No, the two kinds of people on the earth today, I mean, are the people who lift and the people who lean. The people, and I'm not talking about the leaners that lean on me when you're not. No, that's not the kind of person, okay? This is, these are the leaners. These are the people that are weights, that are holding you back, all right? So you have the lifters on this side. You have the people that encourage you, the people that strengthen you and your inner man. I mean, you're better because you hang out with them, man. It's like you you walk away from them and you just feel empowered, man. You feel like your faith just got a big lift. But then you have leaners. These are the people that, man, you're like, I'm just wore out after spending a half hour with this person. You know, I mean, they are just sucking life out of me. So the lifter and the leaner, right? So the power of association. So let's talk a little bit about the lifters and the leaners, okay? Because here's what happens. Small-minded people are the people that want to hinder the, the potential of your faith. Lifters are the people that, want, that will catapult the potential of your faith. I mean, they will shoot you out there. These are the kind of people that pull you into a new atmosphere, that pull you into a new level of thinking, a new level of living. You remember God said, uh, you know, my thoughts are not your thoughts. God's thoughts are higher. His ways are higher. God wasn't saying that to boast and say, hey, I'm a lot higher than you. No, what he's saying is come up. I am pulling you up to a new level of thinking, a new way of living, right? So... So if you want your faith to grow, then you need to choose the right company. So I want to encourage you to ask a couple of questions. Is this association, is this friendship causing my faith to grow? Or is it hindering my faith from growing? In fact, is it causing me to diminish? My iPad is catching up. I'm getting, I got to turn my texts off of my iPad. I keep getting texts. These are old texts from way back. So here's what I want to talk about for a moment. Three types of leaners, okay? Let me just kind of read through these and see if you recognize these people, okay? Stop texting. (laughs) That's actually what the text said. Stop texting. Okay, so these are three types of leaners, okay? One is the complainer. The complainer is always filled with negative energy. How many of you have been around? Don't raise your hand because you don't want to be your spouse or somebody you know. The complainer, filled with negative energy. They always notice the bad side of everything. When something goes wrong, they make sure everyone knows about it. In fact, they tell them two or three times. A lot more than just even once, right? And it's difficult to be positive in faith around these people because you feel like they're just sucking the faith out of you, right? And then they like to complain. They want their complaint to be heard, but they're not looking for solutions. They're not looking for answers. It's unsolvable. Why? Because they're a complainer. Can't be taken care of. In fact, these are the same kind of people that you suggest things. You recommend solutions. You recommend answers to them. And they're, I mean, it's like a skeet shoot. They're like, okay, ready, pull. You ever been around folks like this? Okay, 
The second one, the critic. Oh, the critic. Also known as the cynic, the pessimist, the naysayer, right? He's filled. This person uh, says, you, okay, here's, with them, you can't mention your ideas. You can't talk about your vision, your dream, because they'll give you all the reasons why it's not going to work. All the reasons why you won't be able to do it, right? They tend to belittle the people around them. Their criticism is not productive or helpful. It's cynical and hurtful. And then when you are excited about something, they find a way to let the air out of your sails. Been around some of these people. They're literally going to stop your faith if you allow it. If you hang out with them, they'll begin to pull you. See, because... it. Personalities have little to do with influence. They, they really do. You can have a person that has a great personality and there's a drawing to them because they have a wonderful personality, but that doesn't mean their influence is anymore. It's the person that you spend the most time with, the people that you spend most time with that are going to impact and influence you. Let me give you an example. Um, when I worked, uh, I was a film editor. I was working for a Christian production company called Impact Productions in Tulsa. And so we had a lot of time. Back then, you had to do uh, what we call rendering. So whenever you would get into a long render, sometimes a render could be an hour long. You know, and so we had a ping pong table. You know, we had different things that we would go and do while we were rendering, you know. And so it was kind of a fun job, you know, when you got into a render. Well, so one of the guys that worked there, he said, bro, constantly. Hey, bro. What's up, bro? How you doing, bro? Good to see you, bro. What's up, bro? I mean, everything was bro. So he started wearing off on me. I started saying bro. And I remember one time I had a phone call at home and Nicole heard my phone call. I got off the phone call and she went like this. And I knew exactly what she's talking about. She held up. Oh, it was seven. She held up seven. 25. I don't think it was that many, but maybe it was. And you guys know exactly what she's driving at. Phil, that's how many times you said bro on that phone call. What is up with you? What happened? I was being influenced. I was allowing myself to be influenced. Now, when, uh, now when I remember Zach, when he was growing up, he had some friends in the neighborhood. Because um, there were there were different you know boys running around the neighborhood and they would play airsoft and they would go out and do all kinds of things. We had woods around us, so there were some really cool places to hide and and just do all kinds of pretend stuff. And so, but there were some friends. We would set time limits. On some friends, we had a stricter time limit than we did on other friends. Why? Because they were influencing him instead of vice versa. Okay, you can be influenced by the people that you associate with. You can be influenced by the media that you associate with. Another example, when he bought his Xbox for the first time, I remember he was, how old was he? Maybe 12, 13 in that, in that. So he bought this Xbox and he was spending time with that Xbox. He was associating with his Xbox. So, you know, so we would begin to set a time limit on it, you know, a couple hours, Saturday morning. Okay, then you need to cop off and it's time to do something else. You know, time to work on, you know, something else more productive in your life. And so what we began to see was, though, because we had a basement, and the basement you had to go down the stairs, so it wasn't as easy to keep an eye on him or, or to just realize how long he was spending. So he was beginning to spend a lot more time with the Xbox than what we realized. And do you know what we saw? We began to see a change in his attitude. 
it began to reflect. Why? Because the fruit comes out of what you're spending your time in, what you're associating with will produce in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so because of that, we began to see negative fruit begin to surface. And so I remember we had a heart to heart with him and said, son, we think you just might need to pray about should I, should I keep the Xbox or not? Now we can be mean parents and we can make that decision for you, but we feel like we want you to make that decision. We want you to see it for yourself. We don't want you to see it through our eyes. And he did. He prayed, spent time with God, and he came to me. I remember when he came to us and said, Mom, Dad, I feel like I'm supposed to get rid of the Xbox. Okay. Well, glory to God. And you know what he did? He sold that Xbox, and he put it into our family vacation fund. We were saving to go to Disney World, and I was so impressed. Uh, Anyway, and it turned out to be a great thing for him and for us. It was a blessing. So, oh, and then the last one, small-minded people. What about small-minded people? These are the people that are afraid to take a risk. And because they're afraid to take a risk, they don't want you to take a risk because if you begin to take risks and you begin to step out and God begins to take you higher, then you're going to leave them behind. So they don't want anybody to get above them. They also justify where they're at because they don't want to grow. So whenever you don't want to grow, you constantly have to justify where you're at. Man, are you seeing how these relationships can affect your faith? Because you're trying to grow as a Christian. You are trying to allow God to help you reach your potential in faith. But if your relationships are not productive in helping you get to where you want to be, then it'll hold you back and you'll never be able to see And you'll be like some Christians. You'll get older, but maturity won't necessarily come with age. All right. So let's talk about three. Okay, we've talked about the leaners, so we got a little negative there. Let's talk about the lifters. Who wants to talk about lifters? All right. So so now I'm not saying these are comprehensive lists, but these are the three that God put on my heart um, for this morning. The first type of lifter is the one, it would be like a Paul. Okay, this would be the example. This is a person that's where you want to go. They are, at, they are functioning at a level that you say in your own life, man, I would love to be at that level. Now, here is one thing that's really important about that relationship. It's an uncomfortable relationship. It's not a comfortable relationship. Why? Because comfortable relationships allow you to stay where you're at. Uncomfortable relationships force you to come up, all right? And I remember when Nicole and I first uh, began to get invited to galas and different events where they were real high-end. I mean, I would sit with people at the table and not know who they are, only to find out later this was a dignitary. This was somebody that was really, you know, and I thought, boy, I'm glad I didn't pick my nose, you know, or something. I mean, you know, I mean, you're, I, didn't, I didn't know, but it was, un, it was uncomfortable for us. Because we were used to a certain level. But if you want to go up in relationship, it's, there's going to be some discomfort. We're getting ready to go on a fast. What does that do? That's discomfort to your flesh. Your flesh doesn't want to fast. I like food. Okay? Fasting is not easy for me because I like food. And I'm sure many of you do as well. But when you do that, phew, the last two fasts that we've been on, 
have just been amazing. It's been amazing what God has done. And so I want you to look at a fast as not a, I'm going without food. No, but I'm stepping in to what God has for me. I'm open to him. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak to my heart, that amazing things are going to happen on this fast. This isn't about me not eating. It's about you having an inlet into my life. He works through that. He works through that. So let me say this before I go any further. The most important relationship of influence in your life needs to be your relationship with God. It needs to be your relationship with God. Now, how do you have a relationship with God? Through his word first. That's how you learn who God is. His character, his voice, how he speaks. And that's what helps you. When we, when we know more of God's word, more of God's word, more of God's word, then it helps us recognize red flags in our life. Okay, and if we can recognize the red flag, then we can cut it off. Then we can stop it because, because no, God has called me to live higher. He is taking me up to another level in him. Think about this, Elisha. You remember Elisha? Elisha there is no recorded miracle that he did prior to his association with Elijah. He didn't do any miracles. There were none. What did he do? He laid down his life. He laid down the family farm. You remember he, he sacrificed the oxen that he was using to be able to farm his land. He sacrificed them, said goodbye to his family. He traveled with Elijah. And then you remember in a whirlwind in 2 Kings chapter 2, God took Elijah from him. And, and everybody told him, and the Spirit of God told him, if you see Elijah go, with your, if you're with him when he goes, I will put that anointing on you. And that anointing came on him. What did he do? He walked over to the river. He struck it with Elijah's uh, clothes that were left behind because he left them all with his coat. And he said, where is the God of Elijah? Boom, the water parted. And when he walked up back into the city, the, the young men said, the Spirit of Elijah has ascended, descended on, is now resting on Elisha. How did they see that? By the Spirit of God. Let me tell you, that's the way we're supposed to be. The present, we're supposed to be so good at hosting the presence of God in our own life that when we walk into an environment, people can see automatically, man, the Spirit of God is on them. The Spirit of God is on her. The Spirit of God is on her. Man, on him. It's Wow. They can see it. They can sense it on you. That's why the enemy gets so mad sometimes when you show up at work. Because they're not living for God. They see that presence too on you. And so your responsibility is to walk in love. You flow in love. And you're not supposed to be offended by that. That they are upset because you walked in the room. They don't like you and they can't give you a reason why. Well, you can't see in the spirit realm. It's the spirit that's on them that's not liking the spirit that's on you. What about David's mighty men? Think about David's mighty men. They didn't do any feats of greatness, any acts of valor. That didn't happen prior to David defeating Goliath. It didn't happen. Remember, he, I mean, David was in the cave. All these 600 men came to the cave and they're hanging out with him. These are the distraught, the down and out, they're in debt. These are guys that are under stress, under pressure, and they all come. David, we're with you. <laughs> these, are, you know, these are guys that are not you know, the cream of the crop, the guys that have it going on. 
But what happened? When David killed Goliath, man, that same spirit came on these mighty men through association. They saw, sometimes all it takes is one. You know, you're in a service like this, you give an altar call, and, and it's like nobody's answering, nobody's answering, and then boom, one hand goes up, and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. All it takes is one. Why? Because it activates that in other people. Man, think about, uh, think about the disciples. They couldn't do any miracles until Jesus empowered them, right? Well, think about this. You remember, turn over to Acts, Acts chapter 4. I want you to see it with your eyes. Acts chapter 4. So, so Peter and John, they come into a city, and there's a lame man, and they lay hands on him, and, and they heal him. The power of God heals them through Peter and John. So then, now all the people think they're a God, they're a God and they want to <laughs> they, they worship him, and they're saying, no, 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 no. But then they're arrested. By the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin, they, they pull them in and they say, hey, what's going on? You can't preach in the name of Jesus. You can't be doing all these things. And look what it says in verse 13, Acts chapter 4. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Power by association. They had been with Jesus. They're not trained men. They're not the most educated. They're not, you know, we compare ourselves. Man, comparison can kill the anointing. Do you know that? Man, I, I, I'm always open to ideas, things that other churches are doing, but I don't, look, I don't watch too much because I don't want to begin to compare. Where are we at compared to what, you know, what are they doing? What, no, man, I want my association to be with Jesus because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw people to him. It's more, in people that, it's more important that you guys are drawn to Jesus than it is that you're drawn to Vision Church or to me or Nicole. It, it's more important. Man, they had been with Jesus. Even Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 3, 16, you remember when he was baptized, the Spirit of God came on him in the form of a dove and it rested on him. That means it stayed. And so, man, now all of a sudden Jesus, he's empowered to do miracles, to do signs and wonders. And man, that's what we're believing for in our life. That's why we want to become good at hosting the presence of God, right? So our first association needs to be with the Lord God Almighty, all right? Stop texting me. And you take, sorry, you take on the character, you take on the character of the one that you associate with the most. So who, who are you associating with the most? Look at your time. Think about this for a moment. And, and I'm not just talking about relationships, okay? Because Jim Rohn, that's a great saying. Because your inner circle, you'll notice as you come higher, your inner circle, circle will get smaller. Okay? Because these are, the, these are the people that you can trust. These are the people that you share intimate things with. It gets smaller as you go higher. Because it needs to be. Now, it doesn't mean you're not friends with other people. But you just don't, you don't share intimate things with other people. Right? Okay. All right, so you say, is, and so this is why it's important for you to begin to raise your level of average. Okay, if you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, you need to raise your average, don't you? Okay, so, so you may be sitting here going, but Phil, I don't know Bill Johnson uh, personally. I don't know T.D. Jakes. I don't know Joyce Meyer. I don't know Stephen Furtick. I can't call these guys and take them to lunch. How, what do I do? 
Well, guess what? Man, you can listen to their CDs. You can listen to their MP3s. You can listen to their podcasts. You can read their blogs. You can have a relationship with people through books because you get to know them. Again, the first, thing, first person you want to get to know is God. You want to spend time in the Word of God. But then you also want to spend time listening to ministers, listening to the Word being preached from other people, right? Because that will take you higher. But be selective. Okay, I can't stress that enough. Be selective. All right? You don't, want, you don't want to begin to listen to someone and they're teaching anti-faith. They're teaching something that's opposite against the Word of God. This is why it's so important for us to spend enough time in the Word that we can recognize what's being taught. Does it line up with the Word of God or not? Listen to this scripture, Proverbs 13, verse 20. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says this. He who walks with wise men is wise. Amazing. Wow. I mean, that's revolutionary. The, <laughs> he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Man, that's not good. Let me say this to you. What you feed on is what you will hunger for. What you feed on is what you will hunger for. So that's why you want to make sure you're feeding on the right things. I mean, there's influences other than people. I mean, I'm ta I talk to you about the five people that you spend the most time with. That's going to be your average of who you are. But do you know that there are other things that influence people? We talked about the Xbox. You know, I, I, don't make me go into media. Because I, sometimes I, I look at the complainer and I think, man, they must spend a lot of time with the news. Because you feed on the news long enough, you'll begin to complain about stuff. And it's easy to get in a, a mindset of complaining because then you'll begin to complain about everything. I mean, it will cross over into your life. So if we're spending a lot of time with that and not enough time over here, which is going to produce more in our life? I told this story, but, it, I, and, but some of you may not have heard it. And so those of you that heard it before, just see if you can milk something else out of it. Um, but when I was a teenager, I went to youth camp. Every year, my parents sent me to youth camp, and, and I was very thankful, except for one youth camp that you sent me to. It was terrible. It was the worst youth camp I'd ever been to in my life. <laughs> but I'm thankful that you sent me to youth camp. That was a joke, but, but it, was, it was really bad, though. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> okay, they put me on the Shetland pony. Okay, I'm the only one in the, that went to the camp that owned a horse. So I knew how to ride the big horse, but I was a little guy. I, you know, when I was 12, 13 years old, I was very short. I think I was four foot 11 until, until I was a, a sophomore in high school. I mean, I was just, I was small for my age. And so they wouldn't let me have the quarter horse. They put me on the Shetland pony. Well, if you know, I knew about Shetland ponies because Shetland ponies, you have to, you have to one, steer them like this. You can't, they don't like the reins together. All right. So I, I learned how to ride like Roy Rogers, man. I was good at riding my horse. I knew how to ride him, knew how to steer him. I knew, I knew, understood. But the Shetland pony, you have to ride like this. So, so nothing to hold on to, man. You're just bouncing all over the saddle. Also Shetland pony. Okay. This is just a soapbox for a minute, but Shetland ponies are also, they have their bad temperament. They get, man, they're mean little dudes. And I, so I got bucked off of this horse four different times, not because I didn't know how to ride, 
but because they wanted to, I was the little person, and so you put the little guy on the little temperamental horse so he can get bucked off. And I did. And the last, the last time I got bucked off, okay, I'm, I'm going to come back. Don't worry. The last time I got bucked off, man, I just, I let the horse go, man. I just, I walked back to the camp, you know, got back to the camp and they said, where's the horse? I don't know. <laughs> you didn't go after him? No, not would you? I mean, I'm sorry. Okay. So I'm back. Okay. So the law of association will start. Okay. No, this is where I was going with my story. I'm sorry. So youth camp. That was, this was not the camp. But we came back from that camp with my mom. She apologized to me after she heard all this bad stuff. Anyway, uh, so, so, but I went to this other, I, I began to go to really good camps. Man, uh, my parents put me at Victory Church, and man, we were going to these amazing youth camps. And so you're at this youth camp, Monday through Friday. Think about this. Man, you're, you've got morning devotions. You've got an afternoon session, and then you have the nighttime all-out service, right? And then in between, you swim, you ride horses, you, you, know, you do all the camp fun stuff, right? <clears throat> but, man, by the time Friday got there, and, and also back then we didn't have cell phones, you know? I mean, you didn't take anything with you to camp other than, you know, your clothes and, and the few little things that you needed, right? Your swim trunks, <laughs> But I was at camp all week long, and man, by Friday, man, we were having all-out Holy Spirit-anointed services, man. People were getting wrecked by the presence of God. I got wrecked. I remember one time I drove back from, we came back from camp, and I cried the entire way home. It's just the presence of God was on me so strong. And I, and I just thought, man, God, I just want this fire to go into my home. But you know what happened? My association changed. My association went from three times a day, seeking God, seeking God's presence, to coming back to my comfort zone and getting back into my comfort zone. And so the fire began to dwindle. And I'm looking now at January that we're doing this fast. January 6th to January 20, or 26th or 7th, 21 days. So we're doing this fast, and I'm thinking about this fast going, you know, God, I want to see more of you in my life. I want to see more of your presence in my life. And so in order to, in order to get what I've never had before, I've got to be willing to do what I've never done. I mean, you know, people, people don't get a cut body by exercise, not exercising, right? <laughs> and, and, and you've got to exercise a certain way to get to where you want. Well, it's the same way spiritually. We've got to exercise our spirit man so that we can grow in faith. And I'm telling you, association is one key element to your faith that will make a big difference. If you'll begin to pull away from, from situations, from associations that are negatively influencing your faith and begin to draw on associations that are causing your faith to grow. You know, some of you may even need to go home and, and take a legal pad and put a line down in the middle and say, 
Bad associations, good associations. And begin to identify in your own life, what has been a negative association in my own life? Because now I'll tell you, I look back on the, some of the relationships that I had growing up and I was like, man, Lord, why was I friends with that person? They didn't even, they, I'm not even sure they liked me. You know, because I look back, because now my eyes are open to it, that it's really important what I associate myself with. Because it's going to feed my spirit man. Man, the law of association, it'll start rubbing off on you. I mean, here's the good news. Man, good associations, you'll begin to walk like them. You'll begin to talk like them. You'll begin to live like them. And before long, you'll begin to see the same results that they're experiencing in your own life. Man, second one is a friend. This would be like a Barnabas. This would be somebody that you're not afraid to share the intimate details of your life with. Someone who sharpens you and encourages your faith. And again, be selective when choosing your friends. You know, uh, Rebecca, one time in school, she, she called every, all the girls in her class her friend. And I remember we were having a conversation one night and she said, yeah, it's like my friend, you know, so-and-so, they said this and this. And I said, well, wait a minute. That girl is not a friend. And she said, well, what do you mean, Dad? And I said, because friends don't do what she did to you. I would call her a classmate. You know, sometimes you have a friend, but they're not a, they're not a inner circle friend. They're a, I, I, I don't want to use the word associate, but they're like a, a team, teammate, a classmate. Somebody, somebody that, that is maybe in the same class as you, but they're not an intimate friend. They're not in your inner circle. You guys understand what I'm saying? Good. See, because every person's potential is determined by the person that's closest to them. So your inner circle will either cause your faith to grow or cause it to diminish. And then the third one, this is interesting, is a disciple, a Timothy. You need somebody that you can pour into. And here's the reason why. When you're pouring into somebody else, it causes you to live at a higher level. The Bible says not every person should, want, should desire to teach because teachers will be held at a greater level of responsibility. I'll stand before God. What did you preach on Sunday? And God will bring up today. And he'll, and he'll say either, well done, good and faithful servant, or he'll say, what was that? My hope is it'll be the first one. You know, I'm believing God. That's, that's why I'm completely surrendered to Him. Before, that's why I don't come out until worship starts is because, man, I'm just on my face going, God, I'm crying out to you. I, I don't just want to bring what Phil has. Phil doesn't have anything for people. You have everything for people. You know, it's not that I'm antisocial. I'm not. If you hang around me, you'll know I'm not antisocial. I, I just, man, I just, I don't want to be hindered. I don't want to be distracted. Man, I remember I used to watch, watch my pastor, Pastor Billy Joe Doherty, and he'd come out. Man, he would not let anything interrupt where God was taking him. And I remember one time he came out, and there was something going on in, in the arena where they were having church. There was, a, there was, something, it was, there was some kind of scandal, and it had been on the news, and, and the director of the, of the arena came to him and caught him on the way out to service where he was getting ready to preach, and he said, Billy Joe, would you pray for us this morning? And he stopped and he looked at him and he said, no, he said, but I will pray for you right now. 
He was not going to let anything get into the service other than what God directed him to bring. And so that's a side note. But why wouldn't it be the same in your life? Why would you want anything to come into your life that is not directed by God? Man, we need more of God's presence in our life because we're needed on a daily basis. Restaurants that we go to, uh, the dry cleaners that we go to, the, gra- the gas station where we fill up, all the people that we encounter, they need the God in us. <clears throat> we ventured down to, uh, on, on New Year- Christmas Eve, I think. Is that when we went to Walmart down there on Joyce? Walmart is like the busiest store I mean, you go down there, and it was wall-to-wall traffic. And, we're, and I'm not there to go to the store, but I, I'd met a guy that does the carts. And he's, he's always there, always faithful. He's a, he's a black guy, and he's an, old, he's an older gentleman. But, man, he just knocks it out of the park. He does the carts every day. Some of you guys probably know him. And, but his name is Robert. And so I said, Robert, how are you doing today? So now I talk to him every time I see him. But I felt like I wanted to buy Robert some gloves, you know, some of the gloves that when they get wet, they don't. They're waterproof, you know, because he's out there all the time, rain, shine, doing the carts. And so I'm here trying to locate Robert, and there's like people, a sea of people everywhere. But man, I was able to, I said, Robert, I said, how are you doing, man? He said, I'm doing all right. I said, man, you're knocking it out of the park here. I said, I noticed all of your carts, all of your cart things are empty. All the ones on the other side are full because they had the younger guys working the other side. (laughs) <laughs> and Robert goes, yeah, it's funny how that works. I said, listen, man, I just want you to know God loves you. And I just wanted to give you a Christmas present. I hope you have a great Christmas. And Robert goes, man, thank you. He was blown away that, that he'd just be thought of. But I said, man, you're doing a good job. I said, and I want you to know, I, I see it because I come all the time and I always look for you. And I see the good job that you're doing, that you're always on it. I said, but more importantly, God sees. Man, and I'm telling you what, I'm one step closer with Robert. One step, this is a marathon, man. Because I I don't want to just pray a prayer with Robert. I I want Robert to become a Jesus follower. Someone who wants to follow Jesus. Man. But but we need that anointing on us. And I'm telling you, when you have a disciple, when you have somebody that you're pouring into, it, you're, you're learning everything twice. A teacher learns twice. Man, and, and so it causes you to research more. It causes you to pour yourself more into the presence of God, into seeking His will, into reading His word and understanding it. Why? So you can minister to people so that you can have a word in due season for their life that can forever change their life. This is why you need a disciple in your life. And then you know what's going to happen? You're going to pray with them. They're going to receive Jesus. They're going to have a miracle in their life. You're going to lay hands on them and God's going to heal them at one point. And you know what that's going to do? Man, now your faith has just grown and it's grown and it's grown because nobody can take it away from you. Because you're seeing it work in their life. And your faith grows more and more. This is why you need a disciple. This is why you need a Timothy in your life. Paul Barnabas Timothy. The example, the friend, the disciple. Would you stand with me this morning?
I was excited that Chelsea was going to come spend a week with us because she, she worked in the 99 with us uh, when we traveled. And the 99 was a production that was a walkthrough theater where we presented the gospel. It took about 45 minutes to walk through. But the thing about the 99 was it took about 150 to 200 volunteers to make it happen. And so it was a lot of volunteers, you know, to, to put it on. <clears throat> and this is what I heard over and over and over. We had a room uh, at the end of the production where people would be able to sit down one-on-one, men with men, women with women, and talk about the spiritual condition of their life. Well, at the end of the production, you know, they would come out and then, you know, we would say, you know, over here, over here, and over here. We heard this over and over and over where people said, my life was impacted more than the people that I ministered to. The volunteers that are sitting down, that are counseling people. These are people that are coming out. They're praying with them to receive Christ. They're praying with them to get free from bondages and addictions. They're praying with them to get free from cutting and suicidal thoughts. I mean, it was, a, it was, it was amazing. People felt like it was such a, 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 a place where they could open up and they could share deep, dark secrets. And so a lot of things were getting dealt with. But over and over, the volunteers would come to Nicole and I and they would say, man, I'm just blown away. My life is forever changed. Why? Because they were giving out. They were ministering to other people. They were seeing change happen in other people's lives. And that, I mean, you multiply it times 10 and that's what it feels like for the volunteer. They're like, oh God. (laughs) One guy, California, prayed with a guy who was, who was really bound in an addiction. It was a, um, and, and he got free. And this was an older gentleman. He had never done this before. Never volunteered like this. Never led anybody to Jesus before. And, he, and, he, and this impacted his life so much that now, he, he, I think he's in Bakersfield, California. Every day, he goes to stores and he doesn't come home because he's retired until he leads 10 people to the Lord. He's learning how to host the presence of God in his life. And if you can't tell, Vision Church, we want to be much more than just a church. We, we are not a Corvette club, okay? I can get you a name and a number. You can become a part of the Corvette club if you want to. But this is a church where, where we're not only going to host the presence of God here, but we want to see it happen in your life, that you're hosting the presence of God on a daily basis in your own life. Would you bow your heads all around the room? Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Vision Church, vision for life.